Welcome back Hello. to another episode of The World According to Us. Uh, this is Steve Jabu. I'm joined today again by my sister Jennifer, who is going to uh, discuss with us our third thoughts on the Uvalde, Texas uh, school shooting and the newer, I guess, uh, details that we're finding out about the, the events of that day. Um, when we talk about gun control, when we talk about mass shooters and how we always see this mantra of back the blue, back the police, support law enforcement, right? That they are the ones who should have the weapons because they are responsible, they have authority, they will protect and defend the public. And yet, here we have another clear-cut case of cowardice. The law enforcement is on the scene. We find out that not only were they there 19 minutes after uh, this gunman got into the school, but that they stood by with ballistic shields and assault rifles and weapons where they could have gone in and breached and taken this guy out much sooner and saved many of those children's lives instead of allowing them to be massacred over the course of an hour before they finally decided to go in and shoot the gunman. Um, what are your thoughts, John, on the latest details that they've uh, been reporting on? I'm first and foremost enraged with this new information. I'm looking for actual accountability. I think this particular incident further backs all of your um, ideas concerning the, um, the gun control, but actually in the reverse, where it's an example of why we cannot solely depend on the police, especially if there are those who, as you already mentioned, are cowards and willing to sacrifice young children for still, I have no idea what was preventing them from do- doing something and saving those children and teachers. Mm-hmm. Well, I have an idea, though. Um, maybe it, it might seem unpopular or people don't like to approach it, but it is embedded in the fabric of this nation. And, and I would have to say that it has to do with ethnicity. Yes. Because this was a school of predominantly Latino children from what I saw, even though the gunman was himself Latino. Yeah. Uh, I think we all know that if this was another school like Sandy Hook, that was predominantly Caucasian uh, elementary school children, I don't think that law enforcement arriving on the scene even five minutes, let alone 19 minutes later, five minutes after this report of uh, school shooter or active shooter on the scene would have waited over an hour to breach, let alone restrain parents or arrest them to prevent them from going into the school to get their children. So in my mind, the ethnicity or the quote unquote racial makeup, these, I guess these artificial constructs we have was a driving factor in why they stood down. Now we're finding out uh, in later reports that the police chief Arredondo, they're saying that he was in charge on the scene. And so it was him who either did or didn't give directives to stand down and not to breach into the schoolroom to go after the shooter while they stood in the hallways. I also heard something of that effect and even, sorry to say, more concerning, there was at least one police officer on the scene who was requesting to go in, but was rather stopped by this same sergeant. Well, I don't know that this was well, not a sergeant, it was a police chief, but uh, if that's true, 
Uh, would you consider that criminal liability? Yes, and I already um, feel that they should still be somewhat, you know, I guess in varying degrees, they should still be charged, penalized. Um, their whole title should be stri- uh, stripped and they should even be put on a list, if you will, of not to rehire or even to access uh, police operatives that should not have ever been police in the first place. Mm. Yeah, because uh, all we keep hearing over and over again is that how dangerous their jobs are and how, you know, uh, they put their lives on the line to protect and serve. And when it came time to do it here, uh, they, they didn't. Now, if it's true that some of them wanted to go and they were held back because of chain of command, I can't necessarily fault those, although you would have to think yeah. that some level of human conscience exactly. should over or supersede uh, an order that says, uh, don't go and rescue those children. You have bulletproof vests. You have bullet ballistic shields for protection. You have assault weapons, probably more powerful than even what the gunman had. And just the clear fact that once they breached the room, they killed them pretty quickly. Why that couldn't be done an hour and 19 minutes sooner is beyond me. Um, The parents have every right to be livid, but even more so at the fact that the the police chief who is now embattled has been uh, in hiding since these details have been coming out. And then they're talking about different departments, uh, who were on scene or who may have been there and may have been conflict of who has jurisdiction or whatnot. I, I'm not quite sure of the validity of that, that those claims so much as um, what, this is just what they'll be reporting on like mainstream news outlets like CNN and Fox. So the police chief was just recently confronted by reporters for CNN and asked them questions about where is he, what answers is he going to give to the parents who want to know why nothing was done for over an hour and he just as calmly as he could because i could see it in the chief's face he knows that he cannot come across as angry or confrontational with reporters asking questions who have every right to on behalf of the parents who clearly he knows they would probably want to shoot him right there oh my you know I mean, the energy that was coming off of this particular reporter, you could you could feel it. I mean, he was aggressive in standing in front of him, almost like blocking his path as he was trying to walk to the the entrance of the the, the sheriff's office. And the sheriff was trying to be as diplomatic as he could, knowing that he's being filmed after being missing for several days. And they're saying that they were looking for him because they wanted him to answer these questions. And he's nowhere to be found. So when he's finally showing up, and he's dismissive or he's just giving uh, blanket generic statements uh, with regards to uh, when is he going to give answers and talking about, oh, the families are grieving. Uh, we're going to do that as soon as these families are, as the grieving period is over. Like, what? <laughs> they're not, listen, grieving aside, they're not trying to wait months to hear an answer to something that you should have an answer for immediately for your lack of inaction, for you allowing the needless deaths of how many 19 children babies pretty much and let's not let's not gloss over the horrific fashion in which they were killed yes because and and from what they're describing i like i said in in a previous um uh 
episode when we were discussing it. I didn't know, and it got my blood to boiling to hearing how those little bodies were torn apart by those those rounds, and and some of them, if not most of them, being decapitated by the the rounds that were shot and fired at them when that didn't need to happen. Exactly. And uh, the bravery of that one mother who ran in there against all odds, fighting with nothing. She think about this: unarmed. No protection, no body armor, no bulletproof vest, no helmet. And she is able to get not one, but both of her sons out of that school while police are there doing nothing, absolutely nothing, but trying to impede them, her in particular, but other parents from going after the, their children. I, I, I mean, clearly it has to be. This, in my mind, was clearly a deliberate action because you wanted to create an uh, atmosphere of all guns are so horrible that we must disarm the public and you need a, a lightning rod moment that will galvanize people to go and vote against their own self-interest in self-defense and if ever you could make a case clearly that this as you said before backfired it would be here yes indeed and the fact that you even mentioned the mangled body and the fact that they were decapitated and other such things of that nature were in, they were such in a state that they had to use the DNA of the parents to identify each of the children that were slain. That was why there was a big uproar with regards to the uh, specific type of weapon that was used, the um, semi-automatic R15, AR-15, I believe. Yeah. Aside from that, I also wanted to say that with regards to this uh chief whatever i think he is getting a little taste of reality and the downhill um such uh, i guess path that he and the rest of those who were there perhaps not in the same degree and level are going on in the future because there is just no way this can be explained there's no way there's no excuse that you can bring up whatsoever just as you said because of the unnecessariness and how and yet to just stand there and do nothing when you are in your uniform and you are uh, fully armored and everything else doesn't make any sense like you I said mean, on, on any level whatsoever it doesn't make any sense yeah I mean we we see all the time as I said before um, if there's a traffic stop for an expired tag <laughs> or if they see air freshener we can clearly see that they will they won't send one car it'll be like 10 15 squad cars true and Very. and an overwhelming show of force beating down somebody over something that should have just been a fine and go on your way so in a situation like that where we're saying people will always make these these um bootstrap arguments about well you know the officers uh, they just didn't have proper training and no. they're just poor trained. And I'm saying that in and of itself is a lie. It makes no sense that you can have all of this funding. Let's think about that. You're telling people that they should not make the argument to defund the police because we need them. But in moments when we need them, they're inactive or they're incompetent and, and uh, ill-trained. So what are we giving more money towards that for? If it doesn't improve with with the budget that they do have already, you have all the toys, the bells and whistles, the weaponry that you need, the training. Remember, they they also had uh, law enforcement training with military. 
They got rid of Posse Comitatus Law several years ago. So that allows them to have military-grade weapons passed to local law enforcement departments. They're training alongside military personnel. And then they're doing these uh, no-knock raids and warrants, SWAT, all of those things. How are they not trained for this scenario? Even if you say this was a small town, they need more of resources that should be there. Something like this. And if they were trained for active shooter scenarios, especially in the South, I don't understand how you could make that argument that they were not properly trained, that they don't have enough resources to fight one gunman. What does that say nationwide? If you can't exactly. even handle one person, imagine there's way more than this one guy, right? Because they always like to say the lone wolf scenarios. It seems to be more and more likely that these are not lone wolf scenarios, but rather maybe uh, agents, right. if you will, being sent out one at a time in different areas to cause this kind of havoc, create these kind of scenarios where people will look at it and say, we need more gun control. We need to get the guns off the street and penalizing law-abiding citizens. But aside from that, I want to tie into this breaking news today that the Supreme Court has struck down a New York state law that was basically banning people from being able to conceal carry which I already knew from years ago that that should have been struck down because it was unconstitutional to say that we don't have a right to self-defense simply because we live in a metropolitan city such as New York yeah again that doesn't make sense either the problem is that the police have always needed to be more concerned with the illegal black market guns that have flooded the system and where they're coming from exactly but where are they coming from for whatever reason they don't want to give a look or any consideration to that but as you said focus their attentions on law-abiding citizens mm-hmm. and i guess dearming them for whatever nefarious reasons that they may have in mind because i cannot understand how this instance with uvaldi even happened on any time like i just i can't i cannot reason my mind to figure out at all what happened like it was just so unnecessary it could have been so much more prevented and it doesn't make sense i i I can't reason with it and i fear i feel rather that the um the sergeant knew with regards to his uh response to those uh that wasn't a sergeant just just for clarification he was actually the police chief of your the police chief see that i can't even accept that my subconscious wouldn't even you know what i'm saying even mm-hmm. ridiculousness. If the more, the, the, okay, let's put it like this. the more information that is uh, being introduced to the public, as you already said from the beginning, the more enraged I and I should imagine the family and close friends and loved ones must be every time they hear more details of this. Of this, but they need those answers because you uh, like in most cases they want to say, how do we prevent this from happening ever again? And if there are steps or missteps taken, we need to identify those, bullet point them, and counter and have have, uh, measures in place to ensure that this is not repeated. Consequences. The problem is I don't think there's the political will in these certain places to have accountability. So we're going to have to see now. um, one One of these legal analysts on CNN was just saying how uh, it's a pretty high bar to meet for 
saying criminal charges could be levied against a police chief or any of his officers who were on scene that did uh, nothing. It would have to have to prove intent. And my my response to that would be, I don't know how high that bar needs to be set or if it's really so hard to believe that intent was uh, clear or not clear in this case, because how do you explain an hour and 19 minutes of waiting? There's no explanation. If you're there and you know that that's the scenario, it only takes you a few seconds to realize that shouldn't take an hour for you to do something unless you want what happened to happen. They heard it. I'll, I'll liken it to this. And this will be like a movie reference. I don't know if you've ever seen um, the movie Underworld. But in this movie, there is a scene where there's a council of uh, vampires who is going to be convening to awaken another elder in their one of their covens. And they have a group of protective soldiers or vampire soldiers who's supposed to uh, escort them from their meeting point to the actual mansion, the coven where they're going to do this ceremony, right? But little beknownst to them, there is a secret uh, pact with their uh, lichen enemies, their leader, to actually usurp that protection and assassinate that, um, that group, the elders group. And so what they do is they send their... Uh, their soldiers to protect them, to escort them. But then they, they, in the last minute, it switched up to a different team of soldiers for protection. And they, while they're on the scene, stand by and watch as they are assassinated. I understand. So to me, it seems this is very apropos, even though it's a movie reference, it's a very apropos uh, comparison when you look at the fact that they were on scene. They literally said 19 minutes. And I'm even thinking about it. It took 19 minutes to get to the school. How far away are, is the sheriff's office? Why were they that far away from the school? The whole situation. That's a very long time response time. Even if you're just saying it, if you say, okay, well, give them 19 minutes. I mean, the guy could have murdered them all in 19 minutes very easily. But the fact that it took, even after that, that there were still people alive and, and hiding. The, the teacher who said in an interview that he had been shot in the back as well as in the legs. He tried to lay down and be quiet so the children wouldn't hear him you know, uh, cry out. And he didn't want them to cry out for pretend that they were sleeping so that the government would think that they were dead and, and move on and not come back. But of course, that didn't work. And pretty much all of the children in his classroom were slaughtered. That is something that is, um, again... I mean, to beat a dead horse, it's inexcusable. It is. It, it literally makes no no sense other than, in my mind, this was a deliberate uh, instance in order to evoke the sentiment publicly to say we must disarm the American people. I have to ask you, Stephen. Um, do you think that also it might be I don't know some sort of underhanded, unforeseen plot? to like incite like some sort of riots down there if in fact they would try to excuse or pass over all those who were involved I mean from the police side of things I mean if nobody's held accountable I honestly I'm like come on I I shudder to think what would be the results coming back from that could you have people who target the police um, hope not probably but... 
Maybe, That's hopefully not, but um, you have to think about people are people. That's what I'm saying. And they want somebody to blame. And if you're responsible and you're not held accountable, I don't see how you avoid uh, that kind of energy being directed towards you. I was even offended when I heard that initially they were putting him on desk duty before they finally came to their senses and actually um, suspended him or whatever, you know, the standing is for this police chief. Is he suspended? I don't, I, I haven't heard that. I, I believe I heard that this morning in the um uh, yeah that I would have to I would have to check on I I didn't hear that what I heard was he was he was AWOL he was apparently uh not answering any phone calls he was uh ducking DPS I don't even know what that what that stands for what acronym what agency that is but he was claiming to the CNN reporter uh from what I saw uh, this afternoon that he's been in contact or or quote unquote they the sheriff's office have been in contact with DPS pretty much every day since the the shooting that's a matter but from what cnn was reporting they're saying dps are saying that they're not getting answers that they're not he's not taking phone calls so basically he's been avoiding and hiding from scrutiny and uh the questions of why there was an action who was actually in charge was it him who gave the order not to to breach or not and then when it was finally decided that they were going in who gave that order exactly a lot of answers. A lot of answers need to be had. Need to be had. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. And a total stain on their reputation. And like their their, their public standing. I can't even imagine what... And, and, I, and also, we must go back and remember, look how quickly this now... It's almost like if you had a desk with uh, paperwork on it and you have your most pressing... Uh, document on top and on all of a sudden here comes another document that would be considered equally as important put right on top of that and then you forget about the one that was just there that was more like the buffalo shooting i knew we're not hearing anything else about that as far as uh what what led up to uh the response time there or how this guy was allowed to be taken alive and Yet you see in this scenario, the gunman is clearly, he's finally killed after, and rightfully so after taking all those lives of those innocent children. What I mean, it's just the, the juxtaposition, the disparity in the reaction of law enforcement. It also leads, if we think about, do you remember when we were uh, looking at the uh, Dr. Frances Cress Welsing video when she was describing yeah. the white supremacy and the breakdown of how it works? Yes. And how we must look at things, the games and everything that is played, the politics yeah. of it, every facet of society or human interaction or behavior, how that is directly impacted and infiltrated with white supremacy. When you look at it that way, now this scenario makes perfect sense because it's clear as day. Look at how it's treated in Buffalo. Look at how it's treated in Texas. Look how it's treated in Midwest. Look how it's treated up north. Any place where there's these these sort of shootings, what are the common factors? What are the, the roles of law enforcement there? What is the, the narrative being pushed out? And then what do we find out after the fact? What what accountability is held? What's the agenda? What's the, you know, the driving focus there? And I notice a lot of the times, whenever the conversation shifts to saying, in particular, quote unquote, black people, you must now start to look to defend yourself, arm yourself. All of a sudden, the ears perk up, the eyes look out, and this whole thing is this nervousness about why we shouldn't be uh, unarmed, right? But we have a Second Amendment. 
there's all of this fear that once we get the guns that we're going to do like what Jan- what happened on January 6th and we're the most patriotic people in the country by far I mean when you think about it or through everything that has happened and still we support the government we support the nation yes everything I- to do with America out of respect for those who suffered before us and survived and led the way for the un not totally wanted standing of black people today, but still all their efforts that got us up to the level present day. As for this um, this particular school shooting, I think that it works in the opposite direction. It proves your point that we cannot rely on the police. They're with them, all law-abiding citizens who are capable mentally to go ahead and handle firearms for their own safety and or that of their families should be very much well allowed to. Just especially this flaring, glaring case of incompetence or disregard or whatever else that throws down the idea of, oh, the police are still in their original purpose to, to protect and to serve the American people. I agree, but I wouldn't be surprised if we hear in the next uh, few days or even weeks that this sheriff, uh, Sheriff Arredondo, Arredondo, uh, resigns. I because I think that the heat, the political pressure is going to come to bear very strongly on him if, once more details come out. If it's in, in fact true that he was on scene and, and was the one who was in charge, technically in charge, and everybody else fell behind his orders, or chain of command and this was the result yeah you need to resign not only that you should be brought up on charges yeah the people but under you also should be too because yeah you have to follow orders but you're a human being who has a brain and some some common sense they should be fired they should not be allowed to resign i agree they but yeah fired for sure no pension for you no title no being rehired in any law enforcement department uh nationwide there you go. I mean, there needs there needs to be an actual, I think, national database of law enforcement officers, so they can't just pick up and go to another town and exactly. get rehired and do the same nonsense while the taxpayer pays for their mis- malfeasance and mistakes. My biggest issue with our country is that they do not like unify the common sense ideals, like you said, that database, wherein you could see all the police um, personnel that have any type of investigation cases due to any type of illegal activities and or unjust activities. That's by design. The police unions make sure that that is part of the protections for law enforcement uh, officers. So like, case in point, if they have a lot of complaints of, um, what do you call it, Uh, police brutality or excessive use of force, they have those files where they're sealed and you don't get to see them. They give them these supposed administrative uh, disciplinary actions. No. That basically, I guess they're like paper write-ups. And nothing else comes of it. See, they that needs to be the- overhauled, rather. That needs to be totally changed and updated and upgraded. And it should be a federal justification for it. I don't think that there's too, there's too that much to ask either. For like, um, as you say, a database, they... The information technology is already there. This is nothing that would be uh, expensive or some sort of 
mass surveillance for uh, police as a third review or review board that um would be prohibitively expensive for them to implement. They just don't want to because they don't want to be transparent. They don't want to be held accountable. You ever notice they always say, we've investigated ourselves and we found no wrongdoing. That's half the have been cleared of any wrongdoing. They, exactly. they follow departmental policies and, and procedures. That's so, be yeah, I, I, I think that we were talking about you need to, I, it must be stripped completely and reformed totally. Exactly. And it should be on the federal level, wherein the certain states cannot get away with continuing the status quo that's already has been, you know, going on for God don't know how many decades. But to rather get on board with what you said, any offenders, we need to basically uh, strain you out. You don't belong here. That sounds too much like right. In the opposite direction of what your purpose initially was. Sounds too much like right. So I don't think we're going to see that (laughs) as much as we need it. I know. I know. But we need to do something. And if nothing else, let this case be used to shame any police force in this country who in any way behaves the way that this uh, uh, um, situation was handled. The thing is, this is not even the first time. It's like they're not, we're not learning from the previous ones. Because remember, there was a school shooting just a couple years ago uh, in Florida and police were on the scene and did nothing. Oh my goodness. They ran away. Oh my goodness. So it's like we're not learning from these shootings. So to me, it's like if we if we are learning, then it must mean that for these to be continuing, that is a deliberate, purposeful agenda that's going on. And we have to understand that a lot of this could be psychological or is psychological warfare on the American people. This is domestic terrorism. A very dark, dark, dark um, canal that I believe that um, we're headed for if we keep yeah. on direction. And these shootings, they all tie in with, when you think about it, with the January 6th insurrection. Because look at how many of those people breached the Capitol. A lot of them were armed. Law enforcement helped them get in, open the gates. Now, some of them got trampled, but other ones, they actually opened the barricades and allowed yeah, them in. a certain sect of um, obvious turncoats that we're not doing... Oh, those are people they demonstrated to us. We got to see live and direct firsthand exactly. the, the infiltration of supremacists within law enforcement and government bodies together, lockstep unison, working together, saying that they were going to basically overturn democracy and take the country back at the behest of their dictator, Donald Trump. Well, thankfully, the hearings are starting to shed uh, transparency on the whole past situation. And I was told that um, Donald Trump was losing popularity in his own sect. A lot of those who were blinded by his foolishness from the two, well, the one turn that he had as president, their eyes have became, I guess, wide open after that insurrection. Their eyes were open before that. They just now jump and ship now that all of his tyranny is coming crashing down because he's not in power anymore to abuse what he had at his discretion and his disposal. Because if you notice, even his own daughter apparently has been uh, 
talking about yeah they they were telling him that he he lost and he wouldn't accept it and blah 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 and he's I, i'm just wondering how that those kind of conversations are happening behind closed doors between him and his family members who are saying the truth of, even though they, he didn't want to hear it I was you know what you. i mean it's like you're no different than your dad remember you got that position your husband his son-in-law got that position through nepotism so now to pretend and act like you're distancing yourselves, like if you had nothing to do with that whole Trump regime is really rich. It's really funny. Well, actually, I even saw this morning again that there was some sort of um, reporter or photographer that had done an interview with um, both Trump and his, um, his, his entire family. And I believe the son-in-law as well, wherein they were using that evidence from those um, tapes to be used in the the proceedings now with regards to the insurrection hearings that are going on. Mm. I saw that this morning. Like, that's the new, oh my, look at that. They were talking so casually and, you know, as if they were fully Teflon, you know, Teflon. They're, They're nonsense. My question is, at the end of the day, what's going to come of these hearings? Exactly. Is it going to be the same as the, the same um, impeachment hearings where we get all of this evidence? It's overwhelming and they do nothing. Exactly. Is that, is it now? If that's the case, it just means like it's a big waste of time. It's like the dog and pony show continues. This false sense of outrage and this idea of, of a hope of accountability that never seems to come. You said it just right, right there. It is. It is politi- political theater. Unfortunately, so it is. It's a big political soap opera. And it's unfortunate the citizens of this country have to be the ones that are being taken advantage of because we're paying for this uh, this program that none of us even actually wanted. Right. Quite the opposite. Because for this hearings, I'm sure that it's the taxpayers that are paying for these hearings. Of course. And at the end of them, if they don't do the right thing, and which is to penalize him like he should have been initially, then what was the purpose yet again but to waste more money and time? Mm-hmm. Exactly right. I don't know. It looks like I the writing's know. on the wall. I really don't know either. It's ridiculousness. And, it's- and the thing that's even more frightening and, and disheartening is, what are we saying to the youth that are coming up behind us who are going to inherit this uh, evil, demonic, heinous world and corrupt uh, government officials and, and local officials? Where you you know you teach to do the right things, and you're seeing constantly that uh, even despite that, and I'm not advocating that anybody go the opposite way, but you're seeing all these wicked people being rewarded. Actually, again, you could use that as um, an example of what not to be, and, right? Or tell them the reasons why you don't want to be like these obviously doomed people mm-hmm. who are reaping their riches here. Right. They're getting their riches and their, their, their destruction is ensured and it's exactly. coming. Their judgments are coming for sure. Exactly. Exactly. I don't even know how they could sleep at night. I, I, t- I said that from like, as soon as I heard that nonsense with regards to the police that were there at the scene, where initially you all thought, okay, they took, you know, they were trying to get over there, whatever the case may be. They were delayed, not knowing, not ever imagining that they actually were there and stood there and did nothing like because that is so preposterous and unbelievable no I don't think any well-minded person would ever even conceive of such an of such an action 
under those circumstances at all. Yeah. Every time you think of it, it's just like, what the what? What am I saying? Did that really happen? I was amazed that they showed that um footage of them standing out there like that with their with their with their uh, rifles and that um that the well, shield. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I'm like, wait, and then to, the the. the the more because image, remember the more that first image, image you would have thought oh that's the only image that they got it was only one officer with that had the shield then you see in another uh, screenshot exactly. they had uh, three more it's uh, even- three more bullets they could have made a wall and marched forward even if he was firing at them and taken them I started to think whatever else is going to be revealed because I think this is even far far worse than we already think it is and if that's again is the case and there's no if there's the same rhetoric and, and action I don't think it's going to go wrong I think well, let's look at it this way too if there's if, if there's pictures like that I mean those came those stills came from security cameras in the school exactly. that must mean there's recordings exactly my and question what, is were there recordings not just in the hallways but were there cameras in the classrooms as well whatever will, will that mean like in the future that all schools will have video camera surveillance in the classrooms as well as in the hallways. Most likely. So wait, because then, always- you have, then you can put the timeline and, and lay out perfectly exactly what happened. We don't even have to wait for them to give us their narrative if the videos exist. Those will have to be released for the public to see and then we can judge for ourselves is going to get I, I I don't see any way this is going to get better I think it's just going to get worse and the only way to solve it or to you know swage somewhat give some type of sense of peace to those who are suffering is to penalize these people and to make sure nothing like this can ever happen again legally okay but then now we have to ask another question and maybe this has not been uh, we haven't addressed just yet going forward because I've heard this in, in previous arguments uh, this notion of arming the teachers as a way to be a, a last line of defense or a direct line of defense in the event of an active shooter on the school, um, that brings a whole other boatload of issues and cans of worms to be opened, I think, because we, again, would be thinking about it in one aspect, and one aspect only, thinking that, well, the teachers will be acting in a benevolent or in a uh, protective or altruistic uh, manner to protect the lives of children should that scenario happen. But let's assume now you're in a school where you have teachers who have, shall we say, um, jaded or hostile or prejudicial viewpoints towards certain students or groups of students or from different you know, socioeconomic backgrounds and they're armed. And they get upset and they decide, hey, you know what? You say one more word and you're going to get all of this just here. I think that, that's, that that's kind of scenario could happen too. That exactly why that never, I don't think they would ever uh, agree to arm, um, especially. But they've been, they've been strongly suggesting that, especially from, from uh, the, the, the case in Florida. And so I, my, my question is, how would that work exactly? I don't see how it could possibly under work circumstances, where would that be located? And yeah, how would that ensure that there wouldn't be some sort of abuse or misuse by teachers having guns? 
Exactly. Because once you have that, now you have to think about it. The students are now exactly. potentially at the mercy of their actual teachers. So that's not going to happen. I hope and pray that will never happen. It's just based off of how things are currently, even though I don't know specifics. I doubt everything that you mentioned, perhaps bias against certain students and or whatever else have you, they're not going to know. And they would, I believe they don't even have, they're too cheap to even go that far, even for that sake. If at best, they may say, okay, if you have a military background and you're a teacher and you know, you're already licensed and blah, 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 maybe have, perhaps you can have it, but certainly not the general, um, the general. The average teacher. No, not at all. And, and exactly for the reasons that you're saying, we've seen many movies throughout the, the throughout the decades of very foul uh, so-called teachers that were not even real teachers, but you know, paid minions, if you will, and they were resentful and were taking it on their students with grades and or any other type of abuse that they could try to get away with. Right. So no, they are not giving anybody in, in schools. Certainly not um, junior high school and high school any type of firearm under any circumstances, whatever, because you cannot be trusted. Most of the time, the majority cannot be trusted. The majority of what you know what else? This is what baffles me to a large uh, degree. I mean, you remember growing up where, at least for me, I recall it distinct like as if it's yesterday. Going to school at Adelaide Stevenson High School. And going through three phases of metal detection before we even got to the first period class. Like half the time, I remember by the time I got through uh, metal detection, uh, first period was like three quarters of the way over. Exactly. So, and then the teacher would get upset and say, you need to come earlier. I'm like, yeah, we come earlier. It makes no difference. You got 4,400 students going through two doors. Um, That's going to take a long time when you're getting uh, the airport, you know, x-ray machine. You're getting physically wanded down and everything and searched before you can even go uh, up to find to your class. Um, why these schools down in the South never had metal detection and uh, some sort of a system in place like that, where we had it going back from the early 90s. I don't understand why they don't have that today. Or now it's like maybe they're starting to decide to use that. I but this, so. this is something that I thought should have been nationwide. And we never had school shootings. You might have had shootings of people outside of school or, or off school grounds or somewhere like or in their, their neighborhoods or the projects, but you didn't see mass shootings like this. People oh, actually came into the school. Absolutely not. Yeah, I'm sorry. Found, <laughs> I mean, kids found with weapons, box cutters, whatever, knives. They were they were expelled for a year. Exactly. Should have been more, but anyway. Besides the point, but these are different times now, and that's why I'm very scared for the future for our niece and our nephew and any yes. other youth um, that's about and growing and babies that's still coming. Like, I'm sorry, but we're both Christians, and we know that the last the last days are on the horizon. I believe we're in them right now. There you are. There you are. Well, on that note, I would like to say. Thank you again for joining me on this podcast episode on uh, this Uvalde shooting and the things that we've been learning, the shocking and uh, distasteful and, and wicked things that have uh, occurred. Hopefully we'll get some more answers in the next coming days and then some actual real accountability for all those involved 
and some sense of justice and uh, peace of mind for the families. And I, and I know that's going to be hard uh, and it won't come until there's actually some uh, justice uh, measured and meted out. Um, so hopefully this will spur on change, much needed change, but in a good way, in a way that doesn't infringe on the rights of the people to protect themselves. That's exactly what we have to hope for. And I'd like to thank you for inviting me to discuss these serious issues that are plaguing the public right now. My pleasure. So you be safe. Uh, Until the next time, everyone, we thank you for listening and joining us. If you like this episode, if you like the podcast, uh, subscribe and share with your friends. Uh, Until our next episode, this has been Steve Jabba and Jennifer Jabba for The World According to Us. Thank you and take care. Peace.